Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I'll be talking to you about a theme that a lot of our kids struggle with. Sometimes it's developmentally appropriate and other times it crosses that line and it becomes a clinical issue. That's the fear, the worry of growing up. We all worry about growing up on some level. I mean, I'm 51 and I still worry about growing up. <laughs> you know, we worry about progressing. But today in this episode, I'm going to break down lots of different themes around the worry of growing up that clearly falls into an anxiety or OCD category. And then at the second half of this episode, we're going to talk about some concrete ways that you can help your child or teenager or young adult, young adult, if they're struggling with this. But before we get started, I do want to thank NoCD for sponsoring this episode. NoCD offers affordable, effective, convenient therapy, and they're available in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. You can schedule a free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is the right fit for you or your child. You can just go to treatmyocd.com. That's treatmyocd.com. And I'll also leave a link in the show notes. I also want to let you know that my OCD workbook is on pre-order. So it's coming out in a few weeks. And for this period of time, this kind of book launching period of time, I do have an incredible offer for you. If you are looking to supersize your child's skills and foster all of their own education. So if you buy my, my, it's called crushing OCD workbook for kids, 50 fun activities using CBT and ERP. If you pre-order it, because pre-orders are actually pretty important apparently. So if you pre-order it and you're planning on ordering it anyway, you definitely want to take advantage of this. If you pre-order it and you send us the receipt at atparentingsurvivalhelp at yahoo.com, I'll leave a link also. I'll leave this little blurb in the show notes for you as well. If you email us and you send us your receipt, we will give you my course, Crushing OCD course for kids and teens, which is $127, totally free. It's kind of a very short, limited time that I'm doing this because it's a $127 course, but I want to celebrate the workbook and I, I know that together the course and the workbook work really, really well together. So I know whoever's going to take advantage of this is going to be very well armed with the skills that they need to provide their child clinical sound evidence-based approaches at home. So a great supplement. I have a lot of therapists who are using this in their practice, have already reached out to me and say, I'm going to pre-order this. This is going to be great for my practice. So a lot of clinicians are using it as a tool in their therapy. And I know that this is one of those things that can fill the gap, whether you're supplementing or you are not able to get therapy. So check that out. You can also go to natashadaniels.com slash OCD book to find out more details. Actually, that's not going to give you more details. <laughs> I just paused and clicked that link. That will actually bring you right to the Amazon listing. So if you want to like, you know, just grab it, 
and then email and you don't need any details, go there. If you want more details, you can go to atparentingsurvivalseries.com slash OCD workbook. All right, let's move on. I want to talk to you today about this fear of growing up. So a lot of, a lot of kids have this on some level. Some have it as their primary struggle. And I've worked with a lot of kids in my practice who, whose anxiety and OCD issues centered around worrying about growing up. And I know in my house, I feel like all of my kids have some minor flavors of this. My oldest daughter was, had some pretty big anxiety around this. And I feel like my youngest daughter is starting to have some anxiety around this as well. I don't think it's blossomed into OCD. I don't think it's morphed. I was trying to think of an uglier word. I think it's morphed into OCD, hopefully, knock on wood. But I want to start going through the cat, like different themes, because they are different, uh, what that core fear is or what they're afraid of when it comes to growing up. Sometimes we think the core fear is, is right there at the surface. Like, oh, well, they're worried about growing up or, oh, they're worried about the dark or they're worried about throw up or they're worried about separating from me. Those are not core fears. Like you have to go deeper. Yeah, that's a theme, but what's driving it? You can have three people afraid of the dark and three different core fears about what's in the dark or what the dark means. You can have lots of people who are afraid of separation, but what does it mean for them? Same thing about growing up. That's a good theme. It's not really a good theme, but it's a theme. And there are different branches on that theme. And I kind of want you to look at anxiety and OCD like that, you know, like what's the trunk, you know, and then what are the branches extending out and going all the way down that rabbit hole and really understanding it. So I listed in my notes, a whole bunch of different worries that come with growing up and definitely not exhaustive, but these are just the things that popped up for me in thinking about all the kids I've worked with, thinking of my own kids, thinking of the AT parenting community, online support, like what do what do people bring up? Let's start with, and they're not in any particular order. So one that I hear over and over again is the fear of being homeless. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh, unemployed. I am going to not have a house. I am going to get on drugs and and be a homeless vagrant. Is what I've heard people say. That's actually a pretty common one. So they, you know, the, and this can show up in a lot of ways. They might be really worried about academics. They might be really worried about money. They might be really worried about like being perfect and not failing at anything because any sign that they're less than perfect means they're not going to be successful in life. And the core fear around not being successful is being homeless. Sometimes you can see this, and I'm going to kind of go through kind of how anxiety uses this and how OCD uses this. I have seen this be a core fear around OCD, around moral OCD. If I'm bad, then the core fear is I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be a failure and I'm going to be homeless and I'm not going to be able to survive. So I've seen that in OCD. I've seen it a lot in anxiety, just this fear of perfectionism, this fear of like this drive and, you know, this unrelenting need to just strive and knock everything out of the park. And really when you go down the rabbit hole, and this is what it would look like to go down the rabbit hole. I know that you're afraid of growing up. You've mentioned that a couple of times. I'm just going to role play for you really quick. And I wonder what's the scariest part of growing up. 
And I'm going to make this simple. I'm going to make like the child actually talk and be responsive just to, to save time. But I do have a lot of episodes on how to get kids to talk and find core fears that, um, that talk about how I actually have a whole workshop on how to um, find, find the core fear because it's such a common question that I have. You can find that at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. I have a lot of courses, but I also have a lot of workshops that are really inexpensive and they're at like an hour commitment, 45 to 60 minutes long. And so a lot of people like those different topics that I pick. So I do have that. Moving on in my role play. (laughs) So let's say the kid says, well, you know, it just looks so stressful and I want to get a really good job. And then I might say something like, well, what's, what's the scariest thing that could happen if you didn't get a good job? Let's say you got a really bad job. What could happen? What does your, what does your anxiety say could happen? Sometimes it's good to like separate anxiety from them because some kids are more open when we say, what does your anxiety say versus what do you think that can feel like an attack, but this isn't about how to find the core fear today. So I'll try to do this briefly. And then they might say, well, if I don't get a good job, I'm not gonna be able to pay rent. Okay. So you're afraid of growing up. And your biggest fear about growing up is getting a good job. And you feel like if you don't get a good enough job, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. And if you don't pay your bills, what does your anxiety say will happen, right? Really play dumb, go all the way down the rabbit hole. Because when you assume you sometimes are wrong, (laughs) sometimes I assume with my kids and I'm like, oh, I totally got this and I'm wrong. So let's not assume, go all the way down the rabbit hole. So then maybe she says, well, if I can't pay my bills, then I'm going to kick out of my house and then I'm homeless. And that is, that's my scariest fear. I don't want to be homeless. And there you go. It doesn't go that smoothly. I know, but just for time's sake, that's where we're trying to head. Okay. So if you're being homeless, the next one is similar, but a little bit different fear of paying bills. So my daughter who has a lot of anxiety and OCD themes. And this one is subclinical. I wouldn't even say it's like a big issue, but it's, it's there. It's like a little baby weed. She said, Oh, I just don't want to grow up. She actually said that a couple of times. And being the therapist that I am, I always want to know what's driving that thought. Why'd she say that? And so I said, really, you don't. And I said, what, what does growing up mean? What, what do you think it'll look like? And she said, Oh, well, I have to pay my own bills and it looks boring. It looks like you have to just do all this stuff and you have all this stress. And, um, when it came down to it, it was just about the bills. You got to pay bills, you know, and that's scary. And for her, we did go down the rabbit hole. It wasn't really about being homeless. It was just about the burden, the burden of getting bills, paying bills, earning money to, to pay more bills. I get it. (laughs) That is a burden of adulthood. So that was another one. I'm just going to go through these kind of systematically. Another one is fear of dying. It's a pretty obvious one, right? I should have started with that one. A lot of times the fear of growing up equals the fear of death. And my daughter actually, now the more I'm talking about this, the more I think she actually does have this issue. I have said also to her, she'll say, I don't want to grow up. I guess she said this quite a few times now that I'm kind of expressing it. It's like, you're my therapist. I'm like, I'm in a session. (laughs) And I have said, what's, what is the scariest part of growing up? I guess I've said that to her a couple of times and she has answered to me. I don't want to die. 
well, growing up means getting old and getting old means dying. So core, core fear, death. And that's not surprising for us because for anyone who's followed me longer than three years, you know that my husband suddenly died three years ago, went to bed and didn't wake up, got a blood clot and he died. And so, yeah, that brought death to our door. And so the awareness of growing older and dying young is very real to her. So that makes sense. But a lot of kids, most kids don't have that traumatic experience, thankfully and hopefully, right? I know there's people out there who do, but most kids don't. And so it's just, we all fear death on some level. There's always a fear, some, a little level of fear, depending on, you know, whatever. But some kids are really, really afraid of death. And that's kind of one of the top five anxiety themes. So that makes sense. From there, we have the fear of growing old, but it's not about death. And so you have to make sure you go all the way down the rabbit hole because I've had kids say, well, growing up means getting old. And then I'll say, well, that's true, right? I do like to validate these things. That's true. Like you're right. We're always one day older, one day, one hour older, one second older. Like we're always moving in the direction of older, right? But I wonder what that means for you. Like what, what does growing old mean to you? And then you might have kids say, I don't want to get wrinkly or I don't want to get gray or I don't want to like not be able to run or I don't want to be sick all the time or I don't want to be uncool, like whatever it may be. It's not always death. Sometimes it is, but it's not always death. So we do want to continue again down that rabbit hole and see what does growing old mean to them? What story are they telling themselves? The next one is a fear of responsibilities. Now that's a little bit different than the fear of bills that I talked about earlier. I've had kids say, I don't want to have a baby. I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to be responsible for a house. I don't want to drive. So the fear of responsibility can be different things. I know for my oldest daughter, speaking about all my kids, she had a, she had a major fear of growing up because she was one of them, not all of it. We'll get to some of her themes in a minute, but one of them was she didn't want to drive. She was actually her core, her core fear about growing up. Wasn't about growing up. It was actually about driving. I don't want to have to drive you know, with growing up comes a car and I don't want the car. And so we can get a general fear and we can, we cannot ask the right questions and miss the fact that it's actually not even about growing up That's what they're saying. And that's what they're expressing, but it's actually not about growing up. It's about driving for her. Also, it was about being with teenagers. Teenagers were mean. That was the story she was telling herself as a little kid, older kids are mean. And so as I get older, I'm going to get more picked on because old kids, older kids are mean. So that was another thing. Some kids I've worked with quite a few people who had moral OCD and sexually intrusive thoughts, and they didn't want to have sex. And so growing older meant I'm going to have to have babies and to have babies, I'm going to have to have sex. And so that, that really triggered the moral OCD. Sometimes we'll move into the next sphere because it's kind of piggybacking on this one. Sometimes there's a fear of growing older because there's peer pressure. You know, when I get older, people are going to ask me to do drugs. They're going to ask me for sex. You know, I have to be careful. And that seems like too much, too much stress. And so that's an issue. Some of these overlap with moral OCD for sure. 
the fear of growing up, a lot of times it's moral OCD related. Like I don't want to be a bad person and older kids are bad. And so the younger I can be, the better. Sometimes it's a loss of self. I don't want to lose my childhood. I've had a kid who had that. I don't want to lose my childhood. And they also had hoarding and they didn't want to lose their bodily bodily stuff. (laughs) I was trying to think of the right word, like their hair, their nails, their pee, the poop, like they would hoard their bodily byproducts. (laughs) It's not the easiest. That's not the right way to say it, but you know what I mean? And the growing up part was like, I'm not going to be myself, right? So sometimes when kids have like transformation OCD themes where they're going to transform into something else, sometimes they don't want to transform into their older version. They're not going to be the same. Some kids actually, my daughter included, have major fears about change in general. Sometimes it's an anxiety theme. Sometimes it's an OCD theme. Um, I know for my daughter, it really does move into OCD where even little tweaks, like I started wearing my hair curly instead of straight. And that was really hard for her, even though she thought it looked good. Maybe she didn't like the fact that it was different. I've worked with kids where like the, the family can't get a new couch or new carpet. Like the child mourns it like deeply. And I've actually worked with one family where they had to get the couch back. I didn't recommend that, but they did because it was just too much. They couldn't handle it. And so that was more in the OCD hoarding world, but these all have like an interplay with each other, right? You can kind of see that. Um, The next one is fear of bodily changes. So a lot of kids I've worked with were so terrified of their period, talking about girls now, obviously, that they didn't want to grow up. And um, sometimes that's an OCD thing. Like they've got bodily fluid contamination issues and they're so worried about what's going to happen when they get their period. If I feel this way about urine, what am I going to, how am I going to handle blood, right? Very overwhelming. Um, Some boys worry about puberty and maturing as well. I see it more with the girls with the bodily changes, but because they're, they're really, you know, they're getting breasts and they're going to get a period. And there's like, there's a lot going on. That's going to one need maintenance and two draw attention. And so there's so many different reasons why bodily changes can be very triggering, especially for girls. Um, so those are just, you know, like the things that came to the top of my mind, you know, the minute I sat down and thought about this, these were all the really, really common ones, things that I've seen in my practice over and over and over again, things that I've heard in my community. Uh, These are the things that have showed up. Uh, When we get back, I want to talk about how these things can show up as compulsions and how they can show up as anxiety. And then we're going to talk about what do we do about that? So stay tuned. That's what's up next. It's time we put help directly in our kids' hands. Introducing Crushing OCD Course for Kids and Teens. It was way more helpful than all the other therapy we've ever done because we didn't really know what to do. So we weren't really doing it before. So the course helped to figure out what the exposures are and how to do them. We're not in therapy and find it really hard um, to find an ERP trained therapist here. Um, So we're currently with like the public health service, but again, they don't seem to be trained in ERP. It's filled that gap that we don't have that was desperately needed. This was really well timed for us to use between therapists and to help us like start get off to a good start with this new practice. It was easy to use. Um, I was able to do it from my phone or also on the computer. 
there's different ages, you know, so there were younger kids, there were teenagers. And um, so that was really nice too, to have a variety of ages where it wasn't just geared towards younger kids or older kids. It was a nice variety. It's helpful for our kids to hear it from this like third party as opposed to just us saying it. I really like the offense and defense method. I love working on poking at OCD while it's sleeping. It makes it a little bit easier to do and it's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm planning on using it to work on my uh, fear of like holding or touching batteries and stuff like that. So it was really helpful and I think a lot of other kids would like it. I thought that I was like the only one who had worrying about the weather and stuff. And then there was somebody else on there who worried about the same thing, which was really helpful. Seems less scary to work on stuff now that I've watched this class and I'm more interested to work on it. I like trying to do more exposures still and going to, before I wasn't, I just didn't want to do them. I've worked on some of my bigger compulsions and been successful. I realized that it was helpful to do like the exposures before it was like really, really hard. It's still hard, but it's helpful to know that I need to do them. Before there would be a lot of battles about it. So it is definitely less loggerheads. Really, really good course and super helpful. Definitely would recommend this. It's really easy to follow. It's in nice bite-sized videos. I really like the worksheets that go along with it. And I think it's really helpful. To learn more about this course and register your child or teen, go to atparentingsurvivalschool.com. Welcome back. Okay, so in the last half, we were talking about all the different categories and different types of core fears that can go with the worry of growing up. We talked about the fear of everything, right? Related to growing up. So this can show up as anxiety. And when it shows up as anxiety, a lot of times it's, you know, it's thoughts. It's just thoughts. They can ruminate over them. They don't want to grow up. They might vocalize it. They might get anxiety attacks around things that trigger growing up, like my daughter having to drive and get a car, or even a birthday can trigger anxiety, or someone saying they look older, right? It's all anxiety. They don't do anything with it. They just feel overwhelmed about the idea. They might ask for reassurance, or they might avoid certain things like, I don't, I want to avoid dressing in a certain way or going to that party because that's what older kids do, but very loosely, not compulsively. When it's OCD, it's, it's very compulsive, obviously, right? And so they develop compulsions, compulsions around the intrusive thought of getting older or growing up, depending on whatever the issue is. And so it can be anything. You know how OCD is. It could be anything. They can have an intrusive thought that says, I can't be around old people. So maybe they can't look at old people or sit next to old people. Maybe old people are contaminated. Maybe people who are teenagers are contaminated, so they can't see or sit or, or listen to a teenager or be near a teenager. They might have really regressive behavior, and so their OCD might tell them, that they have to talk in a certain way or act in a certain way or wear clothes that don't fit them anymore because they don't want to grow older. They might avoid developmental milestones. And so maybe everybody in their class is talking about a new thing that most kids developmentally are interested in. And they're, they're wanting to still play with the Barbies or play with their dinosaurs or like they don't want to let go of their childhood stuff because they don't want to grow up. Not because, you know, maybe they have 
maybe they're autistic or maybe they just don't care what people think, but specifically because they have magical thinking that says like, if I, you know, put lip gloss on, it means I'm wearing lipstick, which means I'm 15 and I'm only 10 and that will contaminate my face, like very illogical, compulsive behavior, right? So I could go on and on, but it, it could be anything. So hopefully you can kind of use your imagination or maybe you're living it. And so you don't have to use your imagination, unfortunately. So what do we do with this? With anxiety, a really big part of dealing with anxiety is reframing those cognitive distortions. So they're telling themselves a story about what it means to grow up. And a lot of the work that I did with kids who were anxious and didn't have OCD around growing up was a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. It was like exploring a lot of cognitive, exploring what does it mean to grow up? What are the stories you're telling yourself? What, what evidence are you pulling and extracting from? That's what I said to my daughter. I said, you say that bills are overwhelming. I wonder what, what makes you feel that way? You know, what examples are you looking at? Because I don't walk around being like, oh my gosh, my bills, I got to go pay my bills. We can't make the bills. Like I don't talk like that to my kids. So I was like, it was weird. I'm like, where is she getting this from? And it wasn't really from me. It was like from TV or from like shows that she watches. And it was just a story that she was telling herself. And so I said to her, she also said, growing up isn't fun. You won't, you don't have fun anymore. You have to do all these things. You have all this responsibility. I'm I'm like remembering more from my conversation with her as I'm talking to you. And so I said to her, do you not think that I have fun? I said, "Uh, to be honest with you, I am having so much more fun as an adult than I did as a kid. And so what I'm doing as I'm talking to her like this is I'm reframing or I'm trying to reframe the story that she has told herself about growing older. I can't change her thoughts, but I can introduce a new possibility. And so I would, I said to her, no one's the boss of me. So I get to make choices for myself. You know, I get to eat that brownie when I want to. That's my choice. I get to decide if I want to take a break and watch a movie or watch Netflix, or I get to decide if I don't like this job, I get to change my job. You know, I, I have more autonomy than I did as a kid. Now it doesn't help that I grew up in a very neglectful uh, childhood. And so for me, I, there was no one steering the helm and that was a really scary thing. And my parents made really bad decisions that impacted me and I had no control over it. So it was like, somebody was like driving the car erratically and I was the passenger and I couldn't do anything. So it was very liberating for me to be an adult and be like, I don't care what bumps I face, they're my bumps. No one's driving my bus anymore. You know, it felt very good. So I did talk to her about that. And I said, I know you've had a better childhood. I mean, her dad passed away. So there's, there's, it's not all, you know, lemonade, but, but I said, you're going to be able to get to make even more choices of yourself. I know that, you know, the person who's steering your helm is pretty good, (laughs) but it's kind of nice when you get to make your own decisions. And she actually luckily has an older sister who's in college. And so I've been able to use her as an example, you know, like your sister gets to, you know, DoorDash and she gets to go to the beach and she gets to decide what classes she wants to take. And she gets to create her schedule and what roommate she has. Like she has all this autonomy, which is actually really liberating. So 
in general, we want to reframe those cognitive distortions. When kids say, I'm afraid I'm going to be homeless, I'll talk about, that's an interesting story that you're telling yourself. Um, I wonder, like, how many people do you know that are homeless because they got a bad job or they got bad grades in high school? Let's talk about the dominoes that happen in life. And you're missing a whole bunch of dominoes in your story. So helping them reframe, giving them new information is really helpful. The fear of dying? Well, we're all going to die. That is true. But we get to choose whether we're going to worry about dying instead of living or that we realize that there's very little we have control over when it comes to that. And most people, and I have to be really careful when I talk to my daughter because, you know, her dad died at 42. I say, most people die when they're older and they've had a full life. And that is my hope for you. And the likelihood of that happening is very high. And it's unfortunate that we had to experience such a short chapter and that your dad had to experience such a short chapter. And that's not the way life is supposed to go, but it does sometimes. But most people live a very full life. And so, you know, having a very concrete, realistic discussion with your kids, if they can handle it, can be very helpful. Uh, Fear of responsibilities, fear of bodily changes, you know, I think you get the point in what I'm doing. I don't have to go through every single one of them, but it's reframing the distorted thinking and giving them an alternative story. Whether that sticks or not, that's up to them, but we're planting some seeds and getting them to look at it differently. Um, And I, I, I don't like to spoon feed it. I just would say stuff like, I wonder what you're looking forward to when you grow up, you know, and I wonder if, you know, paying the bill sounds scary now. Do you see me getting stressed when I pay the bills? Have I ever complained about paying the bills? You know, and so just planting these seeds can be really helpful with the anxiety component, using examples, using other people as an example as well, finding out who they're comparing themselves to or who they're, who they're anchoring their beliefs around can be very helpful too. Now, when it comes to OCD, OCD, we have to be careful with because we can't rationalize someone's OCD away. So there is that. I don't feel like that means we don't talk to OCD at all. I feel like kids with OCD who are worrying about growing up can still benefit from a reframing of thinking at least a couple of times. Just don't think that that's going to change anything, you know, but it's okay to say, what does your OCD say about, about peer pressure, you know, and then your child might say, well, they're saying that as soon as I'm a teenager, I'm going to do drugs, I'm going to have sex. And, and then you can still say, you know, it's an interesting thing that OCD is kind of telling you that story because have you ever been a teenager? No. Uh, And I don't think your OCD has either because it's in your head. And I know a whole bunch of teenagers who don't do sex and drugs, you know, and the beautiful thing is it's your choice, right? OCD can't tell you that you're going to do something that you have no control over, right? And you're only 10. So I wonder if we need to tell OCD that we don't even need to worry about this yet, but OCD wants you to do things and avoid things to get relief so that OCD is quiet and OCD will never be quiet. And the more you do these things or the more you avoid these things, the more thoughts about growing up are going to pop up because the more you feed OCD, the, the more demanding it gets. And hopefully you notice that in my language as I'm talking, that's generic OCD talk. That's foundational stuff. I could say that to any kid with OCD about anything, the last part of what I just said, and it will relate to that person unless they have, um, well, 
No, anybody, even if they've discussed themes or just write themes, right? The more you feed OCD and do what OCD wants, the bigger it grows, the more it makes you uncomfortable, the more you have to do. It's a vicious cycle. So you have to go back to the foundational approach to OCD, offense and defense, all the stuff that I talk about in my how to teach kids to crush OCD course, my crushing OCD course for kids and teens, and my actually my new crushing OCD workbook for kids. It's the same thing, no matter what, plug and play, new theme, new thought, new fear, plug and play, you know, new intrusive thought. It does not matter. You just, the foundation is the same. That's why teaching the foundation is so important. Um, I think it's okay to try to reframe the thinking. Just realize that it's not going to stick when it comes to OCD, but it's good. I think developmentally to have a conversation about it, because even if it is OCD or OCD has gotten hooked into it, it doesn't mean that that maybe they're not having some philosophical concern about it, that they actually want to talk about it. Just have to be careful that we're not talking to OCD and we're actually talking to our child. So I would, I would reframe it. I would do what I did for anxiety, but I wouldn't do it constantly because then it can turn into like kind of a reassurance compulsion that I'm participating in. But I wouldn't want to not have the conversation, at least in the beginning, with the understanding that OCD could care less about this, but I just want to reach my child. And then we're going to talk about basic OCD things, how to delay doing compulsions, how to move into ignoring compulsions. That's the defense. Offense is how to do exposure response prevention, how to do exposures that purposely trigger OCD so that you can practice and build those muscles and learn how to handle the discomfort it brings. So go to the foundation. You know, Don't get hooked into, I don't know how to handle this theme, but I know how to handle this other theme with OCD. It's the same, right? If you know the foundation... That's the beauty of knowing the foundation is OCD is whack-a-mole. It's an octopus with tentacles, and it doesn't matter what the tentacle is. We we tackle the the, the octopus the same way no matter what. So um, you're going to do all your good stuff that you should hopefully know about already or that you can learn about and do the OCD work that needs to be done. So I hope that giving you an idea of how this shows up and how it can manifest helps you. I hope it helps you either if your child's struggling with this, I hope it gives you some ideas of where to go with it. And if your child hasn't struggled with it, or if you're a therapist and you're listening, I hope I gave you enough um, disguises of how this can show up that you'll recognize it if it pops up in your child's life or in your own life. I don't know. We're adults, but I think we still worry about these things, but um, it's a different type of anxiety at that point. I mean, we worry about growing up, but then we can, what, there's an adult version to this podcast, I guess, right? We worry about growing up and getting old. And what does that mean? You know, like being incapacitated or being alone or, you know, death itself. We have our own existential crises going on. But I hope that this helped give you an idea of how it impacts our kids and the type of thoughts that are very common around this topic. So if you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit a review. Um, don't hit a review. (laughs) I just squished together two sentences, hit a star or leave a review. That's English. And I do greatly appreciate it. I did get an email this morning and I'd gotten like three reviews and I was like, Oh, because I'd been complaining so much (laughs) on my episodes lately that nobody's left a review. And so, um, Thank you for those of you that listened, or maybe you didn't listen and just happened to leave a review, but I do appreciate it because I've had nothing to read for a very long time. So I do want to read 
I'm actually just going to read one of them because what if I get no more reviews and then I have nothing else to read next episode? So I like to read my reviews to show my gratitude and I'm going to read the first one. I actually got three this morning. So I'll read the next, I'll read the next two over the next two podcast episodes. Give you guys some time to leave a review as well. I want to thank mom of two in need who wrote very helpful. Natasha's advice and support has been very helpful as a mom to a team that was diagnosed with PANS, PANDAS, which threw us into the unpredictable world of sudden onset OCD and extreme anxiety. Her real world experiences and expert advice has given us hope and perspective on ways to handle situations and navigate the unpredictability of these conditions. Thanks Natasha for your continued support in helping those that are struggling. We appreciate you and the time and effort that you put into these resources to help others. Well, thank you for taking the time to write a review when you're struggling. I know um, the sudden onset with PANS and PANDAS is so overwhelming, and I'm glad that my resources can help kind of be an anchor for that. And so thank you again for leaving the review. And maybe I'll be reading your review next time. I will be reading, actually, Mila's review and Sun Coach next time and the time after. But I do appreciate you leaving them. And don't forget to find... uh, Oh my gosh, why am I struggling today? (laughs) Find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.